Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Black Catalyst Podcast. Y'all already know, it's your boy Kyle, but today we have a very special, special guest. It's my boy Chris. What's up? It's my day one bro. Honestly, I, I got to give him the background just to just Absolutely. to make it make sense for everybody Absolutely. tuning in. So but I had the idea, is like, I want to create a podcast, so I obviously had to run about a bro. Of course. I told him, I was like, bro... I feel like in the world we need more business conversation. Like mm. me and you talk about business all the time. Mm. But why is it like I feel in you know, other conversations I'm having, nobody is having business conversations. People want to talk about, oh, you saw this on Shade Room, you saw that. But why nobody talking about, oh, this company just did da 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 da. This stock just went like that. Mm. And that's something that was really sitting on my heart. Like, I, why I don't have enough people to really talk business with? And yeah. I was like, there needs to be something like that. That was definitely something that res- resonated with me heavily, which is why I wanted to do this. I mean, in terms of entertainment, you always hear it talks about what was Kim K doing, was uh, Kanye Nobody up to. Nobody cared, bro. People are well <laughs> informed when it gets to stuff that, at the end of the day, doesn't really matter. But mm. we're looking to hopefully normalize business talk, and uh, hopefully we can all improve from it. And you know, it's a journey too. Like obviously, we don't know it all, but mm. we're gonna. I feel like even through the the, the journey of having a podcast mm. on this is gonna push us even more in our growth mm. and hopefully encourage people out there like no matter what you're doing hopefully encourage you and your process to want to do more research want to seek out more information that's outside of the norm and really just try to benefit yourself in that way feel yeah me? this is a two-way street i mean we're gonna benefit from looking up stuff uh giving out information to you guys but hopefully you guys too just listening to us opening up your minds a little bit and hopefully we we both learn something and even on that too like uh, we like we said we don't know it all so if People tune into the podcast. If you follow the Instagram or whatever, send a DM like, "Oh, I see this something that we could talk about mm-hmm. in the podcast." So it's a situation where it's like, not only are we giving, but people giving to us in a way that we all could be. It's like a community feeling. It's like a we mutually all could grow beneficial through the process, mm-hmm. and that's why I really like it. You know, Black Catalyst Podcast, the best business podcast is going to be out there. Mm-hmm. I'm jacking it now. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> but you know. In our first segment of the podcast, we're going to get into like business news, just understanding what's going on in the world, some of the topics that pique my interest, that pique Chris' interest, uh, things like that. So the first thing I want to get into today is Zoom, creating mm-hmm. a physical product. Mm-hmm. So the thing, I'm, I'm going to show you how, like when I'm on Wall Street Journal, I normally go through things, and like if I see something that's like, nah, what? Then I click on it. So I went, and I was like, Zoom creating a physical product. For, I think I had the like actual number. Like it was like $600. I'm like... What can Zoom possibly sell for six hundred dollars? Yeah. So I click into the article, and it's like Zoom is gonna be selling like a, a tablet that you can mm. always be, like enter a Zoom call. And my thing is like nobody knew about Zoom mm. prior to February this year. Not most definitely. There's, Tell me when you heard about Zoom. There was always Skype. There's there's Omegle in terms of video <laughs> chatting, but mm. it wasn't until most schools moved into the online format that I heard of Zoom, and now it's like. The number Bro, one video it's like people now. just people be like oh yeah we're having a zoom conference it's like mm. oh yeah i'll be on that mm. but when i first heard about it it's like at school they was like oh you know the professor's gonna send you a zoom link i'm like zoom and i i, I feel so, in college you know about black you be using blackboard nah you don't use blackboard? okay mm-hmm. but a lot, most people in college some people depending on the school you go to they know about blackboard so on blackboard i'm seeing zoom links i'm seeing like meeting ids i'm mm. seeing meeting passwords i'm i'm panicking literally at the time i'm like what is zoom and why is it important so then I re- I'm seeing like, okay, I get into the conversation. I see my professors right there. I see the class. I'm like, all right, this is cool. After that, two, three weeks later, now everybody is in Zoom. Everybody. All my professors, anything, everything. Children is in, in schools. People K-9. having mm-hmm. conferences on Instagram using Zooms. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, nah, this is crazy. 
Honestly, even family gatherings, uh, like church, yo, meetings, yo, graduations, graduations uh, from every part of society has been moved to Zoom. Nah, actually, you said that's actually fire because I remember seeing people having a whole family on a graduation mm-hmm. at Zoom. Mm-hmm. And so like you literally see that like grandma, you <laughs> see auntie, you see the uncle, see the cousins running around in the back. Yeah, just a month ago, nobody no, no. had a clue. Mm-hmm. But people was actually graduating on Zoom. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Literally, nobody in February knew what Zoom was, and literally, come. But is that May, June? People are graduating on Zoom. Mm. Like, COVID's definitely rapidly changed a lot of things, but mm. to go from zero to hero, quite literally, for this this business, and now to be introduced in mm. a physical product. I want to see when it started, bro. It's unheard of. It probably had, oh, Zoom itself, like yeah. before. But I think it was around for some time, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, yeah, so 2011. But the thing is, nobody knew. Not but this is why, like, I feel like this is a good business lesson in general. Like, you got to stay consistent because you never know when it's going to be that catalyst for you, bro. You never know. You never know when one day you're just going to be consistent, be consistent. Somebody see a product and now it goes viral. Mm-hmm. Or somebody, you know, happens to run across the service you offer and say, why is nobody doing this? Mm-hmm. It, just, it just goes viral. Zoom, perfect example. It was operating since 2011 and it took something that would be a disaster for the world to be beneficial for them. And he's probably getting money now. Yeah, telephony. I mean... Even telecommunications, tele, tele-doc, like, there mm. was always this application where you could just say the symptoms you had for your sickness, mm. and then a uh, doctor will reach out to you, tell you what's the most likely... Uh, Outcome. Uh, exactly, mm. the, the most likely diagnosis. Yeah. And now tele-whatever has absolutely blown up. So Zoom was kind of at the foreface of this sector of the market that was almost unheard of relatively small but it's now blown up to be you would, at the forefront you would think that somebody like a skype would would have more mm-hmm. of like a boom mm-hmm. I, that's why literally i was thinking more in this space like a skype i mean uber was already done for if you know uber uber you was around for <laughs> some time uber was really back in the days but the i was thinking like a skype would um have a boom but zoom is just like people is really i realized zoom was going crazy when i realized people are paying like $150 to get mm. into a Zoom call because mm-hmm. it's just the people in the call. It's like going to a regular conference. But I generally feel like this is the way the world is going. And the fact that they said, like, oh, listen, not only do we offer this $14.99 subscription, we're also going to lease the name Zoom to this company called DTN that actually makes the product, mm. and we're going to give them the software. Is that what they're doing with this? With uh, this product, yeah. Product? When okay. I first saw it, I thought that they themselves were manufacturing um, an actual device. But mm. when I read, I went deeper into it. It's like a company called DTN... Something like the product is called DTN Me, and it's yeah, it's basically like a Zoom in-home product. But the company themselves, DTN, D no, I think it's DTEN. DTEN. Yeah, yeah. Copy. Yeah, that company right there. So they they make the product. You see right there, it says DTN Zoom Rooms, right? So they make that product right there. We gonna try to put a picture of the product on the screen just so y'all can get a visual of it. If you're not tuned in, you tuned in through audio, you got to subscribe on the YouTube channel. Also, if you tuned into the video, it's a great time for me to say, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're getting some value out of what we're talking about right now. And always remember, share it to a friend if you if you, if you feel ever so inclined to share it to somebody who you think could benefit from this information. But back to what I was saying. like D10Me. <laughs> yeah, D10Me. The product is called like, the Zoom Me, and they create this device. And they Zoom itself is licensing it to DT, DTEN. I, I, was mm. saying, I think I was saying DTN. DTEN, mm. right? And then um, they're, they're saying like they're going to work with other technology companies too. They might even start working with Apple, start doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, Applied like, Materials, Sonos, these are all up and coming companies that have hit yeah. headlines recently. And you know why I like the idea too? 
because in terms of like corporate, like if I had like a corporate company, right? And we had we have the capital. We want our employees to feel comfortable within the environment they're working in. Mm. Be like, listen, we're gonna go buy you know two thousand Zoom Me's or whatever the product mm. is called. We're gonna send it to you. Make sure everything's good, right? And that's per company. And these large companies don't care. They're like, yo, all of our execs are getting it. Mm. All of our managers are getting it. We all don't care about the employees that much. You know, that's how companies be. But like, I feel like every executive at a big company that uses Zoom is most likely going to get a product like this. So no, absolutely. I, the, stock, the stock might really start doing numbers, bro. The potential revenue, revenue was, stream is... It 8% today? Yeah, nah. That's today alone. That's today, bro. And it's worth 268. But the thing is, bro, pre-COVID, I want to see what it was pre-COVID to stock... Zoom, cause yeah, I mean the COVID economy in general has created just a vast amount of winners and year. losers. But I think oh man, go year to date. So yeah, it started at sixty eight, and you could already see what happened as soon as COVID started hit. COVID probably came. I think COVID was like late February, early late March. Late February, early March. Yeah. So boom, what was that? One oh. I'm sitting right here from right here. It went up one hundred and sixty eight, bro. So essentially, had you. Been cognizant enough or vigilant enough to be to like, know. you know what? Let me let me uh buy. But I didn't even a know about of... Zoom no, before. Exactly. That's my thing. It's like, if I would have known, mm. no, nah, I can't even say that. I, I knew I knew that the market was gonna plummet, and I didn't even take advantage of that. Hindsight's twenty twenty, absolutely. But Zoom was definitely an underdog that no one saw coming. But like, this is why I just want to promote so much. Like, just being in the mindset. Like, if you see anything on Wall Street Journal, anything, mm. know how a specific publication might translate into stock growth. Or decline in any aspect, you know. No, absolutely. I mean, even the article about Zoom's partnership with DTEN. Yeah, DTEN. I think that article got into Logitech, uh, how they've absolutely sold out hardware equipment because of this new economy mm. we've entered, where people are pref- like prefer online interaction as opposed to face to face, which absolutely makes sense. But when you hear stuff like that, how does that information translate into a potential investing decision? So if they're sold out. And they have earnings coming up, say this week, which they actually do. They do. They absolutely oh, yeah. do. That that could potentially mean an earnings beat because revenue. Wait, when is Zoom earnings? I don't know when Zoom's earnings is, but we're we talking about Logitech. My Logitech's earnings. I'm pretty sure it's this week sometime. But typically during earnings is just when a company reports how they've done for this quarter, and uh, a stock will get particularly uh, volatile. So if you could almost predict or you have slightly more insight because you're up to date on what's going on around the world so say logitech they've sold out their revenue has beat expectations but then they release that information to the public that's a great opportunity for you to invest right before and then of course there's always risk but with risk comes reward that's a good and it's a potential to make a a few dollars off of just you being more informed it done. I think that's a great point. Since like information, it you could really make money off of very valuable. Matter of yo, that's a yeah, bro. I really like that point so much. Cause I was just watching a documentary about mm. AI, right? Mm. And all AI does is profit from information. Literally, the more information you have, the more money you make. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I was watching documentary. I was watching mad documentary. One of the first one I watched was like Amazon, how Amazon grew and Jeff Bezos. And I was watching one about Facebook and how Facebook is getting into some trouble. We're we'll about to get into that in one mm-hmm. second about Facebook, but. Then I was watching a documentary about in China how they had it was, the video was called the greatest wealth like growth in event in history. I think mm. that's what the video was called. And basically how China just their AI sector and their technology sector just went crazy because they understood whoever has the most information, nine out of ten will win mm-hmm. any war. That's why data and Amazon Web Services is going crazy because they have such a large amount of data that Nobody's competing with that. Bro. Yeah, and I mean, we hear about that all the time. Uh, even for less informed 
viewers on specifically business topics. I mean, there's that whole issue with TikTok being banned because of too much information. Yeah. Too much information being sold to China and like the security risk that brings to uh, individual Americans, but also the U.S. as a whole. And at the core of that is just data being placed in the wrong hands of someone like China, which is obviously a threat to America. But data is absolutely extremely valuable. Even in the past decade, we've seen big data in general just absolutely skyrocket. It's become so, so valuable, for lack of a better word. But on that point of like the big data and stuff, you know China, this is like off, off the point, mm. but China, they have like this thing like, they have, you know how we have cameras on the street, right? Mm. In China, the documentary was saying you have like a social score out of like a thousand. Yeah, I saw that Black Mirror episode and then... But it's like, it's real in China. It's absolutely though. Like, real, no. Like, mm. I remember I saw episode two, it's like, you see it, you're like, that's not gonna mm. happen. Bro, they actually have it. Like, you literally cannot get certain things if you're so... Like, you can't leave China if your social score is under a certain amount. You can't buy certain... Pro- it's like a credit score, but, like, yeah. for life. And even, that's like, sick. if you uh, jaywalk, like, walk across the street when you're not Bro. supposed to, uh, that score will take, like, a quick hit. Nah, which could jeopardize sick, you from bro. going that's on airlines sick. and whatever. It's, it's pretty funny that a Black Mirror episode that's supposed to represent, like, a darker, dystopian society. That can never possibly happen. That you're like, oh, that's, like, interesting to watch, but, like, obviously it's just a show. Is it ready come to fruition today just across the sea? But that's why I say China moving at a pace that nobody's moving mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, like, oh, this is kind of off topic, you know. But people are saying that China is, like, this political, I mean, this, like, communist country. But mm-hmm. people are saying, like, you know, it's really more capitalistic than people would think because they're really launching, like, businesses and, like, I think they're saying, like, in literally, like, from 1970 to now, China has gotten, like, so many millionaires mm. and billionaires mm. just because of, like, the, basically, their work ethic. Like, they don't stop, bro. Like, they will come out right now, start selling, like, recycling, like, um, bottles at the store, turn that money into this, turn that money into that, turn that money into this. Mm. Then start a tech company, start doing that. Like, they don't stop, bro. They literally work, man. I respect it, though. I literally respect it. Yeah, no, you, you can't have nothing but respect for it, but there's definitely that stereotype that exists where they'll say like Americans are lazy versus uh, it's hard to exactly go into it but the work aspect of it is definitely higher across the water whereas in America we're often seen as well slower pace I think that translates into like you know people say all the time like matter of fact I don't even know I was supposed to go with that but (laughs) you you know what I was trying to say no it's definitely Tough to uh, formally worse exactly describe, but I think even anyone watching or even the subjects brought up in general, mm-hmm. there's a a pretty common understanding of exactly what we're What's talking about. But like, I feel like just from there, that, that translate, I mean, segues perfectly into the next point about mm-hmm. like Facebook, because mm-hmm. you know the the idea of like having mass control, because Facebook is probably one of the largest, probably the largest, not probably I don't even know the statistics, but I think it is the largest like social media platform, right? Mm-hmm. And people right now, I remember I saw the article saying that they want Facebook to regulate hate speech. Mm-hmm. Into, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll back touch. Into, I'll, I'll, okay, so I'll back touch on where we just were and then transition back into that. Mm. So I, the biggest concern there is obviously we know data's valuable. We've just discussed that. But more so if it's in the wrong hands, like the dangers is that could potentially pre- present themselves. So. Obviously, TikTok, China, we don't want our data to fall in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. But when we have, like, a company that we trust, like Facebook, and it controls so much data, I mean, you say something, I'll mention a pair of shoes that I like to you right now, and then I'll see it as an advertisement on my Yo, phone. That's, that's actually all. So there's a lot of I power. I don't even know how Facebook do that. Uh, it's, like, something, like, crazy in, like, the coding that 
I'm not even gonna get into that. It picks that, up but, keywords that. But then, it's like, bro, it don't make. If I am not on Facebook, yeah. How is my ad on Facebook? Yeah. And then people would say like, you know, I mean, man, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. People would just be saying whatever, but like, we it, might it, it makes that. no sense to me how, like, Facebook has to have mm. more control in like the web, like DNS, whatever it's called, service mm. space. Then we understand, bro. I'm not even on Facebook unless mm. the website says like, yo. It's probably some all like elaborate scheme where the website is like, yo, you were on Facebook. Mm. Now you were on Facebook before, right? Now you're on this website. We're gonna sell our information to Facebook so Facebook can utilize it so to like, show our ad. Cross website. So it might be something that's going on at the same time. Like you're mm. on like Nike, for example, I always see Nike ads, right? You're on Nike. Nike is at the same time sending the data to Facebook. So for if you go back on Facebook, mm. the ad is there. Absolutely. No, that's I don't know in general how it works for other mm. uh, companies, but I know Google, so you'll sign into Google on your phone. And then you're signed in on your phone and you allow access to, for Google to do a variety of things. No one ever mm. reads what those, what things, those are. things are. But one of the things is cross data tracking across sites. So exactly how you describe it, it's like Nike picks up, you were looking at X pair of shoes, mm. and now I go over to some other website those two websites are sharing just because it's all underneath one the same account. account. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mm-hmm. get you, I get you. But the thing is, like, I'm not even going to get into the specifics of, like, what I consider hate speech, what you consider mm-hmm. hate speech. But basically, I feel like the general idea is anything that is promoting, like, hateful beliefs towards a certain, you know, demographic, for mm-hmm. example. I'm not, I'm not going to give an example. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, promoting absolutely. certain hateful speech towards a specific demographic. They're trying to say Facebook. You have so much power... Those people, those demographics shouldn't have to see the things that you're promoting. So stop mm. that. Like, let's let's do something to make sure that doesn't happen. But this creates a problem because one, what I deem as hate speech might be different from what you deem as hate speech. Mm. What we both deem as hate speech might be different from somebody who you in the episode deems as hate speech. Mm. So it creates like this interesting idea of like, what is hate speech? Just because you say it's hateful, it mm. could be that person's opinion how they feel. But then we get into like constitutional problem it's like they don't have the freedom of speech because you're deeming it as hate speech but nowhere in the constitution does it say they can't say hateful things they have the freedom of speech absolutely it's like where is the line drawn and then Mm. at the end of the day it's up to facebook to decide where that line is but if they're trying to uphold either constitutional rights or have respect for certain groups of people then that line starts to to fade out exactly but then you have what's happening recently where companies are deciding to cut ad spending to Facebook. So that puts them in a tight spot. It's like, okay, you don't want to pertain to these, this or like X amount of views. Mm. We're no longer going to fund you. And so at what point does Facebook either say, we're going to uphold our own company values mm. versus this ad revenue base like, business? Yeah. They, I think 90%, some vast amount of... Yeah, I, I think it's like um, more than 90. It's either 90 or 99. I think yeah, I think it, it might, might have been ninety nine, mm. but it might have been. I, it was definitely a nine, but it might have been two. Basically, the remember. vast majority of revenue comes from ad revenue, and so if a company like, I, I think recently specifically it was Disney, Disney yo, they lost two hundred and ten million dollars. They were their number from, one ad from, spender from January mm. to June. Disney was spending two. Yo, I don't think people understand two hundred and ten million dollars. They saw the decision. Off they, of freedom of speech. It's it's weird. That's how much they spent. And they're not spending it. And they're like, yo, I feel like companies have too much power, bro. $210 million, mm. That's 
Peace, bro. I guess into a much larger issue about how big are companies, how, like, their role in the... In life, the direction, basically, yeah. In life and in the direction of society. It's, it's very tough. It wasn't just Disney, though. Starbucks, Verizon. Bad companies, yeah. All these big conglomerates that were all... Yeah, the reason I remember I, uh, my foot to cut you off, but I turned into, like, the Disney aspect because Disney mm. was their number one spender this year so far. Mm. Makes sense. We spent $210 million. You probably in the top. And it was number two... Last year, after oh. Home Depot, apparently Home Depot was just spending millions and giving it to Facebook. I had no idea. But the thing is, like, you would think that that's, like, a beast amount. Mm. Facebook made $70 billion in ad revenue, 70 bro. $70 billion? $70 billion. So people are saying, like, yo, these companies cut ads. Uh, bro, I guarantee, like, all those companies together probably only take away, like, Okay, I can't know the number, but it's it's probably a decent amount. A fraction but of still what? of mm-hmm. seventy billion. Think about Disney, which is probably the largest they've said this year, mm. and Facebook made seventy billion last year. So you take away 200, 210 million, you still at sixty nine mm. billion in some change. I, yeah, They're I don't. Getting bread, bro. Like, I don't even know where Facebook <laughs> goes from here. Do they? Do they submit to to what the people want? Because I mean, it's affecting revenue. Or do they uphold what they were? It's like it's really a tough, tough decision to make. Cause at the end of the day, money prevails, especially mm. for a corporation. Where I like you said, two hundred and ten mil, money talks. That's a fact. Money talks. But my thing is like, somebody I feel like at the level of like a a Facebook, mm. it's like, bro, it would take so many companies for the to make a statement that large. Yeah, a lot of companies are falling out, which I feel like, from like a. I don't want to. I I really don't want to use the word clout, but I'm gonna say clout because I don't mm. know the other term that I used to describe it from like a clout level, like popularity or brand mm. awareness level. It's like, all right, yo, now these are big brands that even money aside, them f- coming away from our platform from like a CSR level is gonna be problematic. Mm. Which actually, I want to touch on something real quick too that just remind me of corporate social responsibility. Corporate social responsibility in terms of the fact that in building a brand today, I feel like is way more than just like before. If you had a, a good product. Mm you're going to get money. But the mark, every market is super, like, saturated at this point. That it's like, you actually have to literally build a story completely around your brand. Like, if mm-hmm. me and you are both selling T-shirts, but your story is fire, you're like, yo, this T-shirt right here, when you put it on, your mm-hmm. it symbolizes this, it symbolizes that. And this is the message behind this why I created the company versus me, I'm just selling something because I want to sell, sell it. I'm gonna, People are going to be more inclined to buy your product because mm-hmm. you have a story around it. Like, you can get a T-shirt anywhere or, like, with any... Basic part. I'm trying to think of something that's like basic, like a drink, right? Mm. And the story behind is like, you know, she started off selling a drink. I think I just ran a piece on Instagram, like out of her mom's kitchen, mm. and got to the point now where she's like selling at a global scale. People are, will more buy that than a snap one. People are buying the story. As people are buying to just the story because they're like, who are we supporting? Mm. We want to know that we're supporting something that's beneficial. We don't want to just be buying a product anymore because there's so many products that are the same. And that's a positive shift that we've experienced in society positive. where people are more concerned. Maybe not even more concerned, but at least paying attention to the story. That's that's good news for all parties involved. I mean, we've seen that even extend to sports teams. So, like, mm-hmm. the Redskins, the story behind that name carries such baggage that it's actually caused fans to, mm-hmm. fans of just the sport in general to... Rethink, like, how they support for the team, yeah. Rethink. I mean, it's something as simple as a name, but the story behind it is, has so much more weight Wait, that yeah. now they're being... Uh, they, I think it's the same situation similar to Facebook. Like companies are like, mm. yo, we're not partnering with you no more. So they're losing this, this uh, people companies at this point you will lose bread if you mm. don't conform to society, which I think is dangerous. 
I think that's dangerous. Those bro. are those are <laughs> somewhat fascist aspects. I don't even want to throw crazy words like that out there. That I mean, is dangerous, but bro. where corporations have that much power, where they're literally the course of society is directed by corporations' actions. Bro, that is literally such a dangerous like kind of idea to conform to. Like, it's either you're going to conform to what the majority wants, mm. or we're not going to support you. <laughs> So you know all those little three three thousand employees you have, you mm-hmm. want them to still get money. I think that you might think mm-hmm. now that this is the best thing for you to do, and then you're in a position like, damn, I do got people I gotta pay mm-hmm. their salaries. I got people who I gotta support. At that point, it's not even an option. It's like it's, no, bro. It's not. It's not an option because mm-hmm. it's like, bro. There's so much people eating off your plate technically mm-hmm. that you can't just say I'm gonna throw the plate in the garbage. You gotta yeah. say like. All right, man. Like I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do, mm. and that companies have way too much power. I think right now that I, might be an upward trend too. Like we we might be seeing the beginning of a, a larger. I don't even know the right words for that, but essentially things could continue in that direction. Where obviously right now we're cognizant mm. of the fact that they don't really have an option. It's either you conform mm. or suffer revenue as a result. Mm. But in a few years or so, it might be like. If you do not comply with X rules or principles, you're done. Immediately. Gone. That's a fact. And that's a dangerous, dangerous space, bro. It's so dangerous to tell somebody, like, if you're not doing what the general... Because, you know, somebody could post a tweet today saying, like, I'm just awesome. I don't want to throw a random bus, but say it's like we sell something, right? Mm-hmm. Under the name of like Kyle Chris product, right? They're like, Kyle Chris product is, is crazy. I remember I went to the store and the, the waiter at the store or the cashier, you know, they said something to me and I didn't like it. That brand is a horrible brand for my demographic, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, it's like, yo, your brand is done. Like, you actually have to try to make like a lot of statements to mm-hmm. fix your brand. Yeah, and, and we've seen that on Twitter a lot too, to the point where obviously a lot of people who who voice their opinions on, the majority of people who voice their opinions mm. about those sort of things are mm. speaking from experience, mm. things that have happened, but it's also easy for some, like, teenager mm. to go on, just say something and for just, the yeah, cloud. Yeah, just literally, fu- like, add more um, fuel to the fire, just saying, like, oh, yeah, I think I remember one time, match, I don't know, but just start saying something random that mm. might continue to, you know, make the situation worse than it originally was, mm. just off of the fact that this is the trending topic right now, let me just put my two cents in there, mm. and... It's dangerous. And, and you know why it's even more dangerous? My fault to cut you off again. But, like, in the fact that you're, the people who are super disconnected from the actual, like... Event? No, like, the, the organization. I'm not going to say disconnected, but it's like, this is the organization, right? Mm. We have management teams, right? We have 5,000 locations, whatever, right? If one location decides to hire one person that does one thing, the entire organization is now characterized off of that one person's action, which me personally, like... I don't think it's right ethically to tell, say, a whole organization practices one thing just because one person at one location in mm-hmm. one town decided to do one thing. And then that trickles up to... So now it goes to management like, oh my gosh, this organization is the worst possible. Mm-hmm. I was shopping at the store in NYC. I went to this location. That person gave me a horrible attitude. They have the worst staff. How could you make an assumption? They have 200 and something people that work at the store. How could you make that assumption? And that brings up something ironic. So... Previously, I said uh, we see a trend of people caring about the story. Mm. So there is a, a slight turn to people being interested in just gathering information, even the point of this podcast to spread information. For a fact. But what's dangerous is headlines. People who <laughs> won't dive into the full story and merely just grab at that quick headline that 
five-second digestion of information and then using that to base all of their opinions and assumptions, which is what we see when those things trickle up. But if you had the full story, you'd know perhaps it was just one employee at one location versus the entire company as, as a brand that's responsible for this uh, negative. It's really sickening, bro. It, it's absolutely Because the thing is, even on the topic of headlines, like, I felt like, I'm trying to think of my personal experience. Like, mm-hmm. have I, I, I probably have, but I don't think to the extent of, like, too much. I think I've always been the type of, not always, but, like, recently I've been the type of person, like, if I see something, I question everything, bro. Absolutely. Because people just be saying whatever they want, just absolutely. posting whatever they want based on, like, this happened. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad. Let me post it up. But they're not going to explain how it happened, why the situation was like that, what happened prior. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give it. And I, I, me personally, before I make a decision to say, like, I'm not supporting this brand, I'm not supporting that, I need a lot of information because it's so why. easy. Mm-hmm. It's so easy today for something to go viral off of a reaction of one person that for all you know could have been. I'm not going to say that everybody is in the wrong, but they could have been. Like, for example, I remember, like, when I was getting in trouble with my mom, I'd be like, yo, blah, 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 hit me. Why'd they hit you? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> why'd they hit you? Like, mm. what do you mean why they hit me? It might be a justifiable Yeah, so I'm reason. like, why'd they hit you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I slapped him first. So he's hit you because you slapped him first. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, she's like, so why are you mad? If you hit him, he hit you back. What's the problem? Now but the he entire hit me. story has a completely But you saw the original headline I went to. I was like, oh, he's about to get in trouble because he mm-hmm. hit me. Mm-hmm. But I ain't never say what happened. But my mom was always type like, Yo, now, what is the full information so I can make a just decision for if you mm. or there was some type of injustice in your favor or if there's just general, you know, you got what you deserve for doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Like, I mean, even that anecdote, although an anecdote is very powerful in the sense that it illustrates mm. exactly that, like, paradox that we have here. So we're, people will jump on clickbait YouTube titles say, yeah, facts. a Karen goes wild at Walmart. And I mean, those videos are absolutely <laughs> Shout out to all the Karens who be wild, bro. Y'all gotta chill. Yeah, nah. <laughs> gotta chill, I'm bro. not justifying any action yeah, of Karen. Nah, I mean, fact. I absolutely love those videos, but perhaps you rewind two minutes before the clip shot and you... It might be a little situation. You ain't know about that. That's a, that's a valid point, though. Because I'm... Actually, I don't even, there was a video I seen that, like, now, some of the Karens really be walling off. Most But there Karens. was a Karen in a situation. And, you know, if you don't know what a Karen is, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to get into it. You just do They'll some research. Out. But, like, I think there was, like, one Karen who was, like, doing something. But it was, like, something that was technically provoked. But that's why you got to be careful. Because it's, like, even us, like, we're obviously, like, we're, you know, black, right? So when we see something, the first thing is, like, nah, you mm-hmm. be getting mad, right? Uh-huh. But the thing is, like, at this point, I still get angry for, like, the fact that, like, yo, I want to understand, like, What's the situation? But I, I, I started to be more calm when I see certain things. I'm like, all right. I already know they're going to try to go for the most booming headline. Mm. So let me just try to get some more information to see if my anger is justified towards mm. this specific situation. Because it might not be. Mm. And I have to see what's the full story. But I completely agree. We said a lot to say that, you know, that's going to conclude the first segment of the podcast. In the next segment, we're going to be talking about self-help. Because there's a lot in the self-help space that we feel like needs to be explored. Self-improvement overall is good for you, but in terms of, like, the way I personally perceive this space, I think you might be a little, there's a little bit of problematic aspects. So stay tuned, and we're going to discuss it in segment two. Hopping into the second segment of the podcast, we'll be diving into self-help or self-improvement. I think it'd be best to get into that by sharing our personal stories. So just a quick preface of what my self-help or self-improvement journey kind of looked like. Um... I remember beginning of college, obviously, I went to school for finance so I could 
improve my financial outlook. I wanted to get a job in financial services. But around my sophomore year, mm -hmm. I became especially ridden with financial obligations that obviously some of those were due to just social just scene life, spending, money, yeah. just life, but also rent, uh, food, uh, m many expenses that I felt started to stack up. And so I started to find myself in somewhat of a hole mm. and without any real ways to get a job that could pay for those things because I'm in school full time, mm. also uh, away from home, not in New York. I didn't know how best to to go about handling those financial obligations. So I started doing a bunch of research. I'm looking at uh, e-commerce, drop shipping. I'm doing independent contracting online, <laughs> like small Man, tasks to, to make. We might have to get into that one. No, absolutely. There, there's definitely a space there, but I'm doing small online jobs just to make a quick buck to, to help those uh, financial pressures. Um, and eventually I came across trading, honestly, investing. Uh, to, to most people, that seems like a risky way to, to financial freedom. But as I got into it, as I started to learn to trade more, mm -hmm. I found like there was a strong opportunity to, to change my financial situation based purely on my ability to digest information and mm -hmm. translate that into making a, a smart trade. So I got into options trading a lot. It's a uh, high volatility. We'll go into that in future podcasts. Um, but most definitely, we gotta give a whole podcast on options, bro. We have to. But at the fine. core, I became obsessed with just digesting financial information, learning about the markets, mm. and seeing how I could best play my hand to make a trade and then eventually make a profit. And at the peak of my success, I was paying off those financial obligations like it was nothing. All because I was getting money. All because I was being more informed about oh, what's fine. going on in the world and then translating that into uh, trading decisions. So that was... Yeah, but that's... It do make sense. Like, I feel like once you start to get into that like, mindset of like, trying to figure out a way mm. to like make money, it, it kind of consume your life a little. Especially Absolutely. when you start to see, like, yo, I got to pay for all this. Mm -hmm. and I got to figure out a way. Like, I'll say my personal story, too. It's like, I remember I was just coming out of um, college and I, I got my first job and all that. And it was cool, like it was like you know it's a regular job. But I'm like, nah, this just don't make make sense. People really getting money out here. Like, let me see how I could find other ways to make money. So it started off. I feel like how everybody might start off in a space like a YouTube video, you know, wanting to learn like, oh, how can I make money, stuff like that. You know, obviously I came across some insane things like drop shipping, this, that, and the third, and stuff. I I have even gotten into stocks heavily until like recently. But I remember, I remember you was always on it. But I think the first stock I ever bought. I bought a um, Bank of America stock when I was in, like, as soon as, I think the year after college, right? Mm. Bought the stock. I bought that, I bought it at, like, 21, and I sold it, like, a year later, like, 23. I was like, oh, I made $2, mm. I'm lit. But it's like, you know, just always, I was always in the mindset, like, yo, let me try to find a video and find, like, an article or find something that I feel like uh, helped me in my journey to figure out a way to make money. Mm. And I just, I just feel like I always kept looking for it, though. I just always kept, like, trying to find something, like, oh, this video is going to teach me how to make hundred dollars a day like this always with the video say how mm. to make hundred dollars a day how to make two hundred dollars how to make four hundred doing this or just like how to make money from home how to make ten thousand in one week yeah, exactly like, yeah. like all these like claims that realistically yeah you possibly could make it that way but realistic it doesn't make sense for At the everybody the day, who tries it to make is not going to make that mm. money that way because it's not that it, easy if it was that easy then either a that person wouldn't be giving it out for free exactly or b they just wouldn't give it out at all they would keep exactly. it to themselves and the thing is, like, with the the space of, like, self-help, like, I feel like we should preface it by saying, like, 
it's nothing wrong with actual self-help and self-improvement. I feel Absolutely like it's not. done a lot for me in terms of like wanting to, you know, get more out of life, wanting to actually realize and see the fact that, you know, the life is bigger than in Harlem. It's bigger than the box that we live in. It's bigger mm-hmm. than, you know, the space that I'm in. There's more to life. There's way more money to be made out there. There's way, there's many different ways to make money. And I feel like it's taught me that, but it's also put me in a place where it's like, I was getting too happy with the fact that I was learning and not, and getting uncomfortable with the fact that like, making excuses to a way say like, oh, I'm not doing this. Like, I just need to keep learning. Oh, I'm not doing this. I just need to feel like I'm just keep improving myself. Cause I think you said before, it just gives you the mindset of like, yo, I'm just, I'm just literally happy with the fact that I'm learning and I'm not actually pursuing one way. Absolutely, I mean, self-improvement at face value is the most powerful thing someone could do for themselves, but there is a line where eventually you're constantly, you're reading self-help books, how to do this, how to reach finance freedom. Mm. And all of those things are, are great to begin that journey, mm. but a lot of those things fail at either giving an exact blueprint or mm. really formulating a, a holistic way of, of achieving that goal to the point where you're caught in that middle ground. You're like constantly searching, constantly, you get stuck in this mindset of self-help but mm. never actually obtaining that progress to to hitting those higher like those uh newer grounds. So like when I was going uh into independent contracting, like I felt I was getting a couple of dollars, but there mm. w- there wasn't any scalability. Even when I got into options trading, I remember my first trade I saw like a hundred percent and I was like that's when yeah, I knew hundred percent, bro, I'd have panicked off a hundred percent. Absolute luck. Absolute luck. I'll chop it up to luck. But then the next trade was somewhere in the negatives. But that was enough for me but to it, was see. Was it like the, the trade right after, literally? Literally traded right after. Oh, no, that's fine. Some people don't get that lesson that quick, so it's, I'm happy you got so that. So it was so enough fast. for me to see the potential of that pursuit, but also... So see the repercussions of what could happen. Now exactly. So, yeah, options for me was good where it showed me where I could be, but then it snapped it right back into reality. Yeah, nah. Whereas <laughs> these self-help books might do a lot more, or even those self-help YouTube channels where make a thousand a week. They do a lot of selling, selling of the bigger the upside, picture. Upside, yeah. Whereas they're not realistic to the downside, where it's like you have to put in the work, or there's no true fast path to success. It's, it's more of a a, la- a climb, a gradual journey, yeah, journey. to to achieving whatever you want to get. So based on that, would you say, in your opinion, that mm. success is something that is in, innate into a way? Like people come here, like if you're gonna be successful. By the time you're born, you know, like, yeah, this person going to be successful. It's mm-hmm. like how you live your life. And it might seem like an obvious question, but there's some people who debate and say, like, you know, you people are born successful. And it's be like, you know, everybody can be successful. You just got to put in that time. No, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a, a, a discussion that has a lot to unpack because, <laughs> like, especially in America, obviously, we see there's a vast amount of losers as mm-hmm. opposed to winners. But... When you get into nature versus nurture, are you born into it versus whether it's something you can achieve mm-hmm. regardless of your circumstances? I look at it like this. So everyone, when they're born, is given a, a, a set of cards, like a hand. You right. have like your, your background, your like family, um, your, your education that you're going to go into, your job, a, a whole variety of factors. And some people have a hand that does right. set them up in a more advantageous position. I get what you're saying. But life for everyone is about trading each card for a better hand. So you might Ooh, start with far, yeah. you trading might start with a card. worse hand. Down, but you're not completely out of the game until 
it, it's all dependent on what you do with the hand you have. So some people will often say, oh, I have this bad hand that there's nothing I can do. Mm. And others have a great hand from the start and they might just win right away. Mm. But there's always those people who look at the bad hand and say, yeah, let me trade this education. Let me work my butt off to get into this mm. X college or let me try my hardest to... There's a variety of things you can do to essentially put yourself in a better position for success. So to answer your question, whether it's nature or nurture, <laughs> nature or nurture, it's right. um, it's a little bit of both. But at the end of the day, one isn't excusable of the other. You can't say because you were born to this situation means that I can or vice versa. I think everyone has the ability to achieve their goals no matter what situation you're in. Uh, I would have to say I agree. I think that in terms of, I feel like it's difficult to say everybody who comes here is going to be like, oh, you're going to be successful. You're not mm. going to be successful. I think it really comes down to how how much work you're going to put in. I can even say for myself, like there's a lot more work I can put in that mm. I don't put in. Mm. Not because I don't want to be successful, it's just because I'm lazy sometimes and I got to try to fix that for myself. But it's easy to say that, oh, these people are successful just because they were born to be successful. No, so many people who are actually successful today put in a lot of time and I think it's actually doing them an injustice. Like there's people who are, I'm not, who are given good cards, which is obviously an advantage. Mm. But it's still a level of grit and determination to turn good cards into even better cards. Oh, absolutely. Like it might be substantially easier in the situation. Granted, the fact that you had good cards, so it's easier for you to trade and you're gonna get more money and mm. you know more capital for whatever you want to do. But it still takes work. Now, somebody who has a bad hand and turns it into a better hand, it's a harder journey. But I think anybody could turn a bad hand into a great hand if you're gonna be able to willing to put in that time and say like, yo, today I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read, learn about this. Tomorrow I'm gonna do this. Tomorrow I'm gonna do this. And not only you know, since we're on the topic of self, um, self help and self improvement, not only understand the fact that like, yo, I need to learn about it, but actually implement certain things to do, bro. Like it just make the most sense to me. In my personal opinion, the person who's dealt a bad hand and and works their butt off to make it a good hand is. is at an advantage to the person who was given to a good too, hand bro. from the start. To because me too, I think so. The work that you have to put in, like you were saying, the work you have to put in to get from one hand to the other has taught you a valuable lesson that the person who started with a good hand either will never obtain or just doesn't have in general. So bro, that just my the control, but that just remind me of a great quote. I, I feel some guy who was born poor, he worked hard his whole life and became mm. successful, right? The quote said the best thing I'm a butcher of a quote, but it's basically saying like the greatest thing that could happen to you in life is to be born into a poor family. Because mm. nobody could like teach you the type of grit and determination that when you're born in a less advantageous position, that that position is going to teach you. Like, yo, mm. I'm, no matter what, I'm going to work mad hard. No matter what, I'm going to make sure I dedicate myself to anything that I do because I literally know how it feels to not have. Mm -hmm. But if you're in the opposite position, if you know how it feels to have, you're less inclined to want there's people who work hard, but I'm saying you're less inclined because you already you don't know how the opposite feels. Mm. But once you know how the opposite feels and you have seen what the better feels, you want the better. You're gonna do anything in your power to get yourself in that position, as opposed to just stay in the position you're and in. And even today. once you get there, now you're equipped with the tools to mm. go to even greater heights. Your your potential exactly. it's for, exponential for upside is is absolutely exponential. It's it's, it's honestly advantageous. Obviously, disadvantageous to start. I mean, I still say it's advantageous. It's disadvantageous in the, in the fact that, like, you have to spend a lot of time in a position that you don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. But I feel like once you start to make the upward, you know, trend or, you know, upward mobility, 
at each rank, you have something that nobody at that rank has. And mm. that's literally the fact that you know how it feels to mm. not have. Mm. So you're going to put in anything possible. And that's why I, I just always feel like the in the situation, like people say, always root for the underdog. But like, mm. I literally have to because in, in the situations like, you know, this person is no way they should have won. But the fact that they're winning is because they don't they know how it feels to not win. Mm -hmm. So it means so much more to them to want to win mm -hmm. than somebody who's used to winning. That's why people like in any sports game, people always say, yeah, I root for the underdog. Because why would I root for like the Patriots you know, when, they, when they had Tom Brady, right? Mm -hmm. These guys know what it feels to win. But if it's a trash team or a team that's like not as good as the Patriots, mm -hmm. they don't know how it feels to have all the Super Bowls. They don't know how it feels to have all this. The hunger in them is something that is, I feel like, is the biggest asset that anyone can have. No, hunger. it's funny you bring that up. I forget what year. It might have been 08 or 09. Somewhere around that time. Mm. Patriots were 17 and 0. If there was anything that you could consider the opposite of the underdog, mm. it was the Patriots. And then the Giants come in, mm. regular Giants record. And Shout out to the Giants. Shout out to the New York Giants, my favorite team. A 17 and 0 team as an underdog. So, no, absolutely. That's I couldn't agree more. Like, I just feel like it just makes so much sense. But anyways, to tie it back to, like, the idea of, like, self-help, it's like, you know, if you're coming... And the thing that about the self-help space that pro is problematic to me just based on what we were just talking about is, like, when you're in an underdog position or you're in a position that you're so hungry to want to be successful, it puts you in a position where you're kind of a little bit susceptible to, like, anything that is going to help you get out of the position you're in today. Mm. So, for example, I, I wrote down, you know, it's opposite, like, you know, a fake guru or somebody who is just, like, supposed to teach you this method to success, which is a little problematic in the fact that, yes, the way that they teach could be successful, but they have all these unsubs unsubstantiated, unsubstantiated claims where they'll say, like, oh, you know, come take this course. I'll teach you how to make $10,000 a month and stuff like that. But realistically, it's like the information in the course, yes, you could learn how to, but they're not teaching you like the actual step-by-step, -step, like what you have to do. Like, people could teach me right now how to make a million dollars. But if I don't put in, the, like, the time and the effort to try to make that come to fruition, it's never going to be worth anything, you know? Absolutely. I mean, to tie all of that in, so we started off with saying how the self-help mindset could be dangerous in the sense that you get accustomed to mm -hmm. this idea of help, help. And then we have this idea of fake gurus who are literally feeding off of that idea. It's where, like, oh, you need help spend X amount of money on my course and then I'll, all your financial problems will be gone. Like they're mm -hmm. promising you this false sense of, of I don't even know the right of word security, for it, bro. of security based off of that, that mindset that you have versus, and this goes back to what we were saying about the nature and nurture. So someone who has a mindset of, oh, I need to get, or I will go get that mindset if they didn't have, they know what it's like to be the underdog and like they know what it's like to not have money that mindset becomes becomes uh, what's the right condition to mm. to getting as opposed to needing help, and you can see the difference right there. It's not just I need help. It's like I will get. And even that mindset, it, it doesn't seem as powerful when you say it at face value. But on a day to day basis, someone who's just constantly looking for help versus someone who's absolutely determined to mm. to to get what they set their mind out to do. Those two people are in entirely different scenarios. And yeah, that's where fact. fake gurus absolutely, I despise the idea of it because they're feeding off of two people who are in the same spot, mm. but they might be coercing you into one mindset mm. over the other, which evidently becomes more harmful to your self-improvement journey in the end. My problem with it, like, I feel like overall is the fact that at the root, 
it literally is like fear mongering. Like they want you to be fearful. Mm. Like they'll say like, oh, do you want to be X age making X amount of money? No, obviously I don't want to be anybody I feel like wouldn't want to be. But that's the kind of the premise they'll push it with at first. And they'll be like, oh, you know, they'll say stuff that makes sense for like overall stuff. Like, did you want to learn about this? Mm. Did you feel like you weren't taught this in school? Like, obviously we all feel the same way, bro. What are you trying to get at? Mm. And they'll say like, listen, my course right now, I'll teach you blah, 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 my book or whatever, whatever. And, like, I don't have no problem with the course space if you market it correctly. Just don't promise somebody that they're going to make a certain amount of money mm. when, realistically, you know that you made that amount of money. First, I'm going I'm to come back, and I'm going to go for it. Okay, I'm here. To go back, I just want to say, like, most of the people in this space have made the bulk of their money selling a dream to people as opposed to actually doing what. So, for example, it's like, if you made, like, $100 in options, obviously you made way more than that, right? Mm. But if you made $100 in options, right, and you say, oh, yeah, made some money, let me sell a course now. Now it's easier because you're probably going to make money off of the course instead of the option factor. Mm. But somebody like you, you obviously do options. Like you grow accounts. Like that's how you operate, right? Mm. But somebody else might be like, you know, I made I may, may one successful trade. I know what to do. Let me sell a course. Mm. And a lot, I've seen a lot of people in the space who have found one, you know, minor success and want to start teaching people something without having enough knowledge that's going to help propel them. And actually teach them the fact you have to grind to get to that level, you know? And that even goes back to what we started talking about in the business segment of it, uh, mm. the, the corporate social responsibility. I mean, even as individuals, I feel like there's a certain amount of responsibility you should have to the people you're marketing to, the people you're mm. selling to. And a, a fake guru, someone who claims to have all these all things, knowledge. all this knowledge, and is selling you the, the false idea of success, they're A, profiting off of just, I mean, it's a scam. It's yeah, absolutely a scam. But the story that comes along with it, someone who honestly has just the best intentions, their story is that they went from here to there, and now they're just trying to help other people, is more likely, and this goes without saying, but they're more likely to be to be res- more responsible. It's, there's like a moral obligation mm. to, to your customer as opposed to someone you have no idea who it is at all, but you see on a YouTube ad. Mm spend $300 and make $2,000 this week, it's it's sad, but a lot of people have been caught up in that. And The thing is, like, I feel like, one, I probably have not got caught up in it because I never had the actual money to spend on the <laughs> course, so that's probably one mm. of the things, but thankfully in that regard, it's like, it's difficult, and the reason I have so much problem with it, like, I know how many people want to be successful, but they don't know how to mm. be successful. So to know that there's people out there who's like, you know, buy this and it's going to make you successful is problematic to me because a lot of the people in our situation are the same people that are in situations like of the people who they're selling to were in that situation before. It's like they didn't have anything. Now they have it. They're like, oh, let me teach you. You know, I grew up here. I grew up mm. doing this, doing that. I know how it feels to not know. So I'm going to do da 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 right? And it's nothing wrong, like I said, I always say this, it's nothing wrong with selling a course, bro. I might sell a course one day, too, if I have, if, you know, if you put in the time Absolutely. to make a course, it's valuable, but just don't market it to people who you know can't pay for it by, by you know, using fear as a tactic to sell it. Just, like, literally just say, like, yo, this is what I'm selling, this is the price, if you can't afford it, don't buy it, but, you know, if you want to get this information, get it. But don't say, like, you know, I grew up in this neighborhood, I didn't have anything, because mm-hmm. now you're literally getting people who are literally fearful of the situation they're in and they don't want to be in it anymore, and they're more willing to purchase something that might not be beneficial for their life. And that's why, I mean, when you mentioned the idea of this podcast to me, I knew without a doubt that I had to be a part of it because obviously, as we've discussed, there's way too many fake girls promising mm. these false dreams, but 
if you could have someone who is is completely honest and genuine and helping other people so like we're on our journey as well we want to help That's you right. be on that journey as well we're going to get into many things like as i was mentioning in my own self-help journey mm. like options trading obviously there's risk inherent in it mm. there's also a lot of upside to it as well Perfect. or drop shipping uh real estate um digital real estate there's so many different ways yeah, just like a muffled control but like even like other topics like credit budgeting like it just how to financially be more responsible in life you know? absolutely you don't always have to be an entrepreneur i mean mm. you can just be fiscally responsible yeah. and you'll be way better in the long even within six months to one year you'll mm. see your situation be drastically different but you brought up a good point it's like a lot of people want to be successful but they're not exactly sure how to go about that and the mm. biggest scam to date is that it's people taking advantage of people because it's just such a prime market like, absolutely and it's sickening like just to know that someone can easily say like yo i could easily make like calm you know a hundred thousand if i'm selling a course that's a thousand i get a hundred people a month mm -hmm. that's a hundred thousand dollars but absolutely, it's like it's yeah. easy to find those people because mm -hmm. there's so many people who don't want to be in a situation that they're in they can even have a good job but they don't mm -hmm. want to work at the job that they're at no more they want to work in a situation where they have more freedom over their own life so selling the idea of like you want to be free, you want all all this like nonsense and jargon that they use to sell these ideas, but it's just it does so much more damage, especially once the person spends the money and they don't see the outcome. Mm. Then they start to look at themselves like, yo, am I the problem? Mm. To a degree, you might be because you ain't want to put in the work before buying the course. And you just mm. want to buy the course and not put in the work. But then again, at the same you time, were... it's not really your fault because mm. they're not giving you the information that is most valuable for your personal situation. For a lack of better words, you were finessed. I mean, no, if you, I and if I did use a better word, I'd say you were coerced into, I mean, someone literally took advantage of your goals and ambitions and then mm. use it to make profit. And that one person might have benefited from it. Mm. But in the end, like, if you truly want to obtain financial freedom, it's, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not promising you financial freedom, of course, but like yeah. the slow route, the route that like focuses on just consuming knowledge, which is mm -hmm. obviously the point of this podcast. You want to get that knowledge out there, but knowing that there's no fa fast route to success, it's like mm -hmm. it's a gradual process. But at the end of the day, you will get there as as long as you have those the right mindset. Exactly. But even like on that point, though, it's like even with like any post I ever put on like Instagram or anything, I always encourage people like do your own research, like mm -hmm. do your own this, because it's like yeah, we like this podcast because we like to talk about, we like to talk about, we like to put information out. Mm -hmm. But on a secondary, you know, tip is like whoever consumes the information, there's more beyond what we're gonna tell you that you mm -hmm. need to do in order to be successful. Like, we we're gonna our, talk about mm -hmm. the topics and the knowledge we have in my folder. You about to say? I was about to say like we have our own backgrounds and upbringings that allow us that have encourage us to produce this podcast mm. but someone else with a completely different background listening to this podcast the information you might receive might allow you to do entirely different things that you yeah. didn't even think was possible perfect and that's why like i just like this the podcast space in general like having like a you know environment in which you could just just talk bro like especially about something that you're passionate about like i feel like for both of us like since for forever like business and making money and like mm. understanding the economy and investing is something that we've always been passionate about like mm. literally from mad young so to have like a you know something like a podcast in which we could talk about it is I, I mean i really appreciate the space and the fact that you know the average person bro they don't care about like wanting to tap into like oh this company did this this company did that or you know how could this news article translate to this stock going up ten percent? Like mm. I remember we were talking about the other day, like with the Joe Rogan podcast, how mm. they put out the the news release about Joe Rogan going on to Spotify, Spotify. Mm -hmm. and then Spotify stocks 
And the thing is, like, me and you, because we literally do this, like, all the time and mm. research this, we already knew Spotify was going to do that. To the degree, I personally didn't know it was going to go that beast. I knew it was going to mm. go up, but not that much yeah, at the time. absolutely. But Spotify made, like, billions of dollars off of that one deal. But mm. understanding the fact that, like, yo, people is making a lot of money off of the stuff that the average person is not going to tune into. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it could get so simple you look at your phone, see a headline, you're like, oh, now I got to go buy now this. I got to buy a stock. I'm saying, bro. You didn't, I just wish you didn't spend three hundred dollars like on a course. You didn't do X amount of things that, honestly, at the end of the day, will have no like physical, like tangible measurement mm-hmm. of like you pursuing your goal. It's as simple as like you've become informed, and mm-hmm. then you're able to look at something, translate that, and be like, "Oh, now I got to do this." And I feel like you know we. I mean, I don't know. I, I've never paid for a course. Have you? Not right. I paid, of course, I was like seven bucks. I was like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, no, no, I'll pay for the, Okay, that's what I'll say on that point. Mm-hmm. I'll pay for those, like, Udemy courses yeah, where it's like, yeah, it's yeah. cheap. Yeah. But I am, I promise you, bro. Okay, I'm not going to promise you. But I'll say, I'm not paying for no course, bro. Absolutely that's like $3,000, 5000 Absolutely not. It's like, that's your course I'm actually about to take right now. So it's kind of a little mm. contradictory for me to say. But, like, it's about Facebook ads, though. Because, like, yo, if I, need, I feel like I need to learn about it. People's making a lot of money in terms of e commerce space and digital marketing. So mm-hmm. I want to learn, like, What's going on in this Facebook ad space? But that's like specific and it's not a lot of money. But for me, if the person was saying like, oh, I got to pay $10,000 for Facebook ads, mm. maybe depending on where I was in life. But if I was somebody who's now starting off in my journey of wanting to make money, I wanted to be successful. Mm. It doesn't make sense for me to spend that money. and It doesn't make sense for the person marketing a $1,000 course or more to sell it to me either. I mean, at that point, I consider it as like part of what I'm trying to do. So like, if I want to do Facebook ads and I, I think I could make a thousand dollars, but yet I have to spend five hundred, even if there's the the potential for me to make that money, I have mm. to go into it thinking I'm now down five hundred dollars. Mm. So now I need to make at least fifteen hundred dollars if I See, thought originally profit, I could make a yeah. thousand. I mean, I remember when I was getting into stocks, there was like several several different things that were like mm. several different fake girls who were like spend this amount of money, we'll teach you how to make. A, Two million percent return, something absolutely absurd. Mm. But I always saw it as like a, a initial cost that I would have to evaluate if it was worth it. And in the end, it never was. Do I want to spend this amount of time, spend this amount of money, mm. just for the chance to make a profit, or am mm. I going to just put in the work and learn myself and start off at zero? And anything mm. after that is is not free money, but it's profit. Yeah, and the thing is like. I wouldn't, like, it goes back to everything I've been always saying about the self-help space. Like, the self-help space, there's nothing wrong with it if you're doing it in an effective manner and then utilizing the information. I feel like a great way to, like, summarize everything we've been saying is, like, mm. there's nothing wrong with self-improvement. You should always Absolutely. want to improve yourself. It just gets problematic where you just continue to learn and not implement. Because there's certain mm. lessons that are better learned by you doing. Mm. For example, like you said, when you started off trading the stocks, you know, you had a great first trade, mm. second trade was like, hey, what's going on here? And then you had to readjust, mm. which was a valuable lesson. But if you're only learning all day about how to make money in stocks, how to do better in stocks, how to do this, how to do that, you're not going to be able to benefit from how a negative situation would positively benefit you, you know? Like suddenly you're in the red and now that... Let's say you had two hundred dollars left of your name. You put a hundred that hundred dollars down, <laughs> right. and now half of that's gone. How are you gonna react in that situation? A, how are you gonna react? But B, how are you gonna even come back from that? Like you were already in a position where you were like, I need to make more money, mm. but now you just took a huge L. It's mm. even harder to come back. And obviously, just to reiterate the point that we made countless times, but that's the worst thing about fake girls is like 
they're profiting off someone who's already in a disadvantageous position, someone who's also trying to better themselves. Mm. But then, and more times than not, they're putting them in a worse situation than they were before. For a fact, nah, that's, that's something that definitely got to be touched on, put them in a worse situation. Because it's like, that money, that thousand of dollars could have been better invested in you investing in the stock market, bro. Like, you probably mm. would have literally grew that investment more mm. as opposed to, and I think most, most people in the space, too, of, like, self-help, they're considered like a life coach and yes i do believe mentorship is important do i think you need to pay for mentorship gets a little tricky to me because i feel like i've had mentors it's like just yo do life you run into somebody it's like yo they genuinely want to help me they genuinely want to look out for me but as opposed to saying like oh i'm gonna get a life coach which is gonna do something that literally you cannot measure Mm -hmm. because i can't measure how much somebody has encouraged or motivated me mm. there's and no there's nothing tangible on it mm. so for me to say like okay like yeah i'm super encouraged now i can never say like oh yeah you did your job because there's no way for me to measure the amount of encouragement or inspiration that you gave me mm. i can only measure the amount of profit i make off of that inspiration but who to say that's from you mm. who to say that's not for me put him in the mad work mm. bro you could pay five dollars for inspiration in my opinion if you want to go over you could pay five dollars get a buck and feel in the same level of inspirement Inspiring, I'm bugging the same level of inspiration. Inspiration. I say, I was trying to say encouragement, inspiration, mm. inspiring, but the same level of like inspiration or encouragement from a five dollar book. I think that when it comes to spending like a ridiculous amount of money, only spend it for somebody who can tailor it to your situation. The problem mm. with like a, a fake guru, like a course, is that they'll sell it to like like broad information to like the masses. Like if it's somebody who told me like yo. I'll come in and teach you how to be better in your situation. I'll probably pay a lot for that because it's like, yo, it's tailored exactly to me. Mm-hmm. But once you're talking about north of like a thousand, one, like fifteen hundred for general information, yeah, bro, I, I'm trust me, I'm very dedicated to the fact that I can watch YouTube every mm-hmm. day and figure out what you want to tell me. Bro. YouTube, I mean, even what you said about buying a five dollar book, I mean, there's. I'm not trying to knock nobody hustle neither. Like, if you selling a course, you getting money, yo, I'm happy. Just make it make sense for the audience, bro. I have some responsibility, though, to your customer. Yo, it's just all about ethics to me, bro. It's all about ethics. Business is my own damn crazy. Business is all about ethics and just making sure that the way you're servicing the people that you're marketing to is beneficial for their lives. Because there's somebody who said they lost, like, mad money buying a, a course one time. And like they could not financially bounce back for the amount of money. Like I think the course was like, yo, like eleven thousand, bro. Oh no, nah, absolutely bro, never. That. Yo, for me to spend eleven thousand, I can't even imagine. Never it, that. Like I would literally have to be. Nah, I, I can't even think of a situation where I spent eleven thousand. Nah, if I had like, nah, nah that even even if I had if I had the money, I probably wouldn't know how to make the money, so I wouldn't need to spend yeah, it. But it's like, yeah. I would probably have to have a million dollars and be in a very bad situation for me to pay eleven thousand. Yeah. If I, I had a hundred k, and someone said it cost you ten k, you can make a million. Not no, honestly, I can't. Yeah, Me personally, I just had. And I, I just there's a certain it, initial cost that I would not allow myself to pass. But if you're selling a course to entry level people in any industry, and you sell it for more than a thousand, I really question. I really question your ethics, bro. Mm. Like it depends. Like, if you if you market the course like yo, this is for intermediate level. Like say you're selling course, right? Because you're very you know seasoned in the investing space, right? Because mm. you've been doing it for a long time. Like you don't get nervous. Stock market going down, you buy more, right? Mm. You that you're very seasoned in the space. Absolutely. So if you were to market a course and say like yo, this is an entry level course, sell it for X, and then you have an intermediate course for people who you already know about stocks, but I'm taking it to the next level. Then I will have respect because you market it as an intermediate course, so mm. you don't want nobody who can't afford it, who's not very seasoned in the space, to buy it. Mm. But people will sell entry level like information for like 
30,000, 15,000, 11,000, 10, 5,000 ridiculous prices that make no sense for the audience that is investing because they have no knowledge of what's going on regardless. Absolutely dangerous. I mean, yeah, like to your point about investing. So like if I'm getting into things like an iron condor, like all these options trading strategies, mm. to even try and market that to an entry level person who's looking They're to learn about understand it, it bro. never going to understand it. And even if they did, the probability of that is lower than someone who does Mm. To the point where I wouldn't want to sell them a course that could, especially at a high price, that could jeopardize their financial situation. So, like, if exactly. I'm coming at you with higher knowledge, then I want to at least know that you've had the background or the experience or at least put in the work to, mm. to, to like, even uh, make that information digestible to some yeah, degree. Exactly. But these girls will get you straight to the advance they'll claim they'll get you straight to the advance they'll say i'll have you 10k in two bro, months they'd be saying the wildest stuff they'd be like you want 200 percent return on it bro the stock market don't give you that no. there's very little things in this world that will give you a 200 percent mm. and the people who make that are people who are like hedge funds private equity mm. who actually devoted then. their whole lives bro mm. to understanding like you know valuations all that stuff to get to that level so Anyways, I feel like we, we've been on this for a long time. I think that final remarks on the topic is that in, in self-help and the self-help space, again, get the information, improve yourself, but always do practical things to learn in real-world situations. Mm. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And just to, to add to that but conclude, it's that there's no fast way to make money. There's you can no get lucky way, like bro. I did on my no first day. Way of option trading but that won't be consistent i mean the power of a com of compounding mm -hmm. it is very powerful so like s slow progress day by day have your goal in mind and like continually work t towards that but never expect that goal to just boom yeah, bro. come but There's no way to make money quick with bro. time you'll see the power of compounding quickly adds up at a certain because you point. lay such a strong foundation but anyways yo to it, we was we was we was talking crazy. Absolutely, absolutely, we was going crazy. Episode getting a little long, but um, yeah, nah, definitely. You know, thank you for tuning into the episode. You know, if you want value out of the episode, once again, feel free subscribe to the channel, like the video, and um, yeah, share it to a friend if you feel like they could benefit from the information. And we appreciate you tuning in. There's a lot to come in the future videos. Look forward to seeing you there. For a fact, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs>